Welcome to the Relaxed Dog Podcast. The podcast where the dogs are the stars of the show. Welcome to the Relaxed Dog Podcast, sponsored by the Relaxed Dog. Thank you for listening. I am your host, Robert Ober, and I hope that you and your dog are well. This week's guest is a young Aussie guy who didn't let his dog get in the way of his dreams of adventure and travel. He just simply took her with him. I am very happy to have had some time to speak with Mark, and he's going to tell us all about his best friend, Maya. But first, in some doggy news. In the US, Buddy, the German Shepherd from New York, after being diagnosed with coronavirus six weeks ago, has unfortunately passed away. He also had some issues with cancer, and they're not exactly sure if it was just the the COVID-19. And still in the States, in Benise County in Michigan, uh, Roxy, a one-year-old golden doodle, was out with her family on the family boat or yacht. Um, they got into some rough seas and she was washed overboard. So the distraught family searched for her for hours, got back to shore. They were about two miles away from the shore, um, searched for the rest of the afternoon, in through the night without any luck. Amazingly, a couple of miles down the beach, Roxy was found hiding in uh, some bush and some scrub, so great end to to that story. Um, Also should add that at the time, she was wearing a life jacket, so if you do go out on the water, there you go. And staying in the US, in Hopkinton, Massachusetts, police got an early morning call saying that there was a naked couple walking their dog down the street. When the police caught up with the group, there was a little bit of a foot pursuit and a scuffle ensued. What the police said afterwards, contrary to her owners, Lucy was a very good dog. The most popular answer for June's I can't believe my dog ate goes to Tonra, who eats rocks and mud. And if you want to vote on July selection, head over to our Facebook group. Now, here's our special guest for this week. It is my absolute pleasure to welcome Mark and Maya to the Relaxed Dog Podcast. Welcome. G'day. <laughs> How are you both this evening? Yeah, look, we're great. A uh, little... Uh, it's an interesting one in Melbourne at the moment. Second night of lockdown, second night of curfews, but we're chilling out together and, and that's what's the matter. So in one way of good, I've got a, a, a captive sort of like, <laughs> you can't run out and go anywhere tonight. For those people that are listening, Melbourne is in lockdown on stage four due to COVID-19 and 
not many happy people around. Yeah, it's it's sad, but it's a necessary thing. So we'll hopefully we'll all pull together and we'll get through this on the other side better off for it. But yeah, Want to come over. Hey, come on. Come on. So, Mark, I'm going to ask there you to yes take us back to a little while before you got Maya and. Give us a little yep. bit. Was there a, any sort of reasoning? How did you guys meet? And sort of, is there a is there a why? No, there isn't really. Uh, we haven't really got a, an amazing story when it comes to that. Um, so, in simple facts, like I'd been wanting a, a, my own dog for a very long time, and I um, I loved the look of the the Arctic breeds, um, and um, yeah, love that love that husky look. Um, but when I researched huskies, I just felt that I wasn't going to be able to give a husky or a Malamute the life that it needed. Um, I just, and it's something that really frustrates me a little bit sometimes uh, because generally dogs, they've, they've got their breed traits and, and like uh, an Arctic breed generally needs a lot of exercise. Otherwise, they get bored and, and, yeah. And I know lots of people, they get frustrated with, with their husky. They go, oh, yeah, they're, they're destructive and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, well, what do you do with it all day? <laughs> oh, well, I go to work. I leave it for like 10, 12 mm-hmm. hours a day. And they, then they wonder why it's barking and all that sort of stuff. And Yeah, so when, when I did some research about the huskies, as much as they're a beautiful dog, I was like, a husky just isn't going to fit into my lifestyle. Uh, I'm not going to be able to give it the home that it needs. Um, so I kept looking and then I came across the, the white shepherds or the white Swiss shepherds. Um, and they, they're not quite as active as a husky, uh, but they're still a, a larger dog, um, still very intelligent, very loyal, very protective of their families. Um, and, and able to get out and about doing lots of fun outdoorsy things, um, but just not quite needing as much exercise. Um, and she just seemed like the perfect fit. And I'll be honest, I, I jumped online looking for different breeders and places where I could find a white shepherd. And I was just really lucky that there was one just down the road from me and he was having a, a litter of pups. Uh, and I met her when she was five weeks old, um, started catching up with her uh, every week until I was able to pick her up when she was eight weeks old, and we've been together ever mm-hmm. since. And and his, the breeder that I got her from has been absolutely amazing as well. He, he's very big in staying in touch, so we've been able to, to catch up and hang out with her mum and her brothers and and sisters and all that nice. sort of stuff, and um, he's he's very passionate about the breed and and supportive and yeah, so it's been really good and to be brought into that community as well. So who picked who? <laughs> um, I think she she picked me. She came waddling over um, at five weeks old and flopped onto her back and went rub my <laughs> belly and that was kind of it. <laughs> and she still loves her belly rubs. <laughs> So when you brought Maya home, um, she's the only dog in the place or the only pet that you had there? Yes. Yes, she was. Um, 
oh, I actually thought I'd killed her like straight <laughs> oh, no. straight away. We get home and we had like this five uh, step set of five steps. Uh, it was a split level house, and I was like, all right, well, she's gonna have to learn to get up and down them sooner sooner rather than later. Um, so I managed to teach her to go up them really quick, and then she decided she was gonna take a, a huge leap off the top step. <laughs> And went head first into the the bottom step, and I was like, "Oh my god, I've, I've killed my dog. Oh, no. She's gonna have brain damage." But she um she turned out pretty well, so we're lucky. How was the initial puppy training? Um, look, it was relatively good. We we had some, we definitely had some moments. Um, so first night there was some, and it actually shows how much like I've changed uh with my mentality as well so growing up i i had a, a family dog or we had a family dog and he slept outside uh and i thought oh, look i'm not gonna do that to my dog uh but she can sleep in the laundry so the first night she slept in the laundry there was a little bit of whimpering second night there was a lot more whimpering and and some howling and yeah some noises that I had no idea that a puppy could make. <laughs> the third night, it was like World War III. Um, and, like, I, I mean, I wasn't ignoring this little girl. Like, I, I love her and all that sort of stuff. I'd gone to the effort of uh, getting a bed, putting a hot water bottle in the in the bed, sort of getting a stuffed dog in there so, like, she wasn't going to have this huge bed to herself, getting one of those old-school analog alarm clocks mm-hmm. with the tick, tick, tick because yep. it's meant to, like, be similar to a heartbeat. Um, so we've gone to all this effort to make it comfortable for her, um, gone off and, and uh, taped up cardboard all around the walls so that she couldn't claw and damage the walls. It, it was chaos. Like she went crazy. And um, in the end it was like 3 a.m. in the morning and I was just like, I need to sleep. I need to be able to go to work tomorrow. Uh she she broke me. She broke my spirit. <laughs> and I got her from the laundry and we had this little uh, little wire crate and I just put it next to the bed and she, she came in. She just wanted to be next to me and she literally settled straight away. Mm. Um, and ever since then she slept in, in my bedroom and she's always nice and chilled and relaxed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, and like that really probably taught me a lot about her as well because at that point in time I realised she just wants to be with her people. She just wants to be with her family Um, and that's what's important to her. She doesn't care where we are or what we do. Um, And I I had a vet friend sort of tell me something very similar after that and it's really shaped the, the life and the bond that we've had together. So you mentioned she stays in the bedroom. Does she stay in the bed or? No. Ah, no. So you do have a line there. Yeah, she, <laughs> yeah look, it, that evolved as well when we were travelling. Um, prior, prior to us going overseas, she was never allowed up in the bed and she was actually excellent about it. Um, but then uh, we stayed in a lot of hotel rooms when we were traveling mm-hmm. and some of the more basic hotel rooms are literally a bed and and you are struggling to even have space around that mm-hmm. bed. Um, 
So if I wanted to be able to uh, have a bit of a cuddle or give her a pat, she needed to be able to come up. So that's when she she started getting to break those rules and we had to reevaluate them, <laughs> which she doesn't mind. And, and now even day, these days um, on a, a Saturday or Sunday morning sort of uh, she'll, she'll get invited up for a bit of a cuddle, but she never sleeps in the bed and um, she, we've got a nice little cool mat that's right next to my bed um, and then she's got her own bed as well in the corner mm-hmm. of the room. Uh, but I think she'd get too hot um, if she was up on the doona and all that sort of stuff as well. So as a yeah. as a puppy and a, and a young dog, where was home and what was sort of around the home? Did she you start going and outside and adventuring from a really young age, or what type? What what sort of age did you start doing that sort of stuff with her? Um, look, we started off small, uh, so I don't know, like five. Five months old was when she went on her first road trip. We went out to Halls Gap. Um, and it was just about trying to include her as much as we could. Um, and that meant sometimes uh, leaving her behind at accommodation whilst we went off into a national park or something like that. Um, other times it meant going off and finding different hikes that were dog-friendly that we could include her on. Um, but... Ultimately, I think she just wanted to, she didn't want to get left behind sort of overnight. She wanted to know that her family was there. Um, so, yeah, it started off that way and then gradually as time went on, we just kind of started expanding the activities that we did together. Um, so I got a mountain bike and she absolutely loved chasing me on the mountain bike. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we got some inflatable rafts and, and started going down the Yarra River on them. Um, and, yeah, just gradually started increasing it and until uh, well, she would have been four years old, I think, um, where we found some snow that had been snowing uh, really, really low, I think down to like 600 metres. Mm. And we found a, a state forest uh, that had a, a Mount Torbrek. It's... It's probably not somewhere that I encourage people to go um, unless they've got a, a bit of four-wheel drive experience in the backcountry because trees do come down and, and I don't want to encourage someone to get themselves in a bit mm-hmm. of trouble. Um, but there was a, a four-wheel drive track there um, that was covered in snow and and uh, we managed to hike all the way to the top of that and snowboard back down together and she absolutely loved that and, yeah, just including her as much as we could before we went overseas. Oh, nice. So just going back to the uh, rafting, how did she go first yep. off getting getting onto the inflatable and, and obviously she's really good in the water? No, look, in all honesty, she she had a bad experience when she was a puppy. When she was about three months old, she, she fell in a bit of a river. She was looking over an embankment um, and she fell head first in and, the embankment was quite steep, mm. um, so she struggled to get out on her own. Um, so she's always been a bit shy of the deep water ever since. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, so when we went paddling, um, she she was she was okay in between my legs, um, but she wasn't a hundred percent sure on mm-hmm. it. And that was one of the big things, like when we've travelled overseas in North America. Um, for me, anyway, it's been really rewarding watching her grow. Um, because 
initially she wasn't overly comfortable getting into a, a canoe, even on a lake. Um, you could see she's like, oh, I don't know about this, sort of like it's rocking a little bit and yeah. But with more and more time and more experiences of it and ensuring that they were positive experiences, her confidence grew uh, and you could see that she got more and more comfortable with it and we started off on those flat lakes uh, and then moved on to slow, um, slow moving water mm-hmm. uh, and then ultimately in the end uh, ended up on some fast moving water um, and, uh, yeah, some white water. And she definitely had her moments there. Oh, I'm not going to lie. There's times where she's got a had a big smile on her face going, yeah, I'm loving this. And there's other times she's looking at me and going, Mark, what on earth have you got me in for? <laughs> <laughs> so what about bath time when she was younger? Yeah, um, yeah, she, she's always been pretty good in the bath. Um, she's not overly a fan of the blower, like the dryer sort of on her face. Um but otherwise, like as far as baths go, she she's pretty mm-hmm. happy and content in there. Um, I think she prefers after the bath going off and rolling in smelly things again. Yes, but, can relate to that. But yeah, as far as baths go, she's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that, that was actually um, it. Would have been I think it was twenty sixteen. A lot of people ask us when we're going to go down to Tasmania, and I say, well, we've actually already been. We we did a a two-week road trip down in Tasmania and we we stayed, I can't remember where it was. Um, it was a coastline. Um, I'd have to look it up at some stage, but we were spending two nights there. It was like a 45-minute drive to the closest town. Um, and we were setting up the tent. She's gone off down to the beach and she's rolled in something dead. It was like either a dead bird or dead fish or something. And she's come back and it's like half hanging off the side of her and it just stunk like anything. It was absolutely terrible. She was so proud of herself. And we drove around. Like we had to drive 45 minutes to this town. And we're like, is there a dog wash? And everyone's like, dog wash? No, there's no dog wash here sort of thing. And, um, uh, yeah, in the end, we end up finding a truck wash <laughs> and I'm having to put my hand over the um, the hose because it's a high-pressure wash to, to be able to break the pressure so that I can actually use it on her to wash her and then... Um, yeah, like she still stunk after that. I had to buy some car air fresheners. And <laughs> she was very, very proud of how bad she stunk. Oh, wow. <laughs> I suppose the, the quest, well, one of the questions that you get probably asked a lot is, so she's getting towards four years old and... No. No, no, she, no I meant... She's much older um, now. Bef- just before the, your trip, your big trip to the States. Oh, yes. Yep, yep. You want to tell us a little about what's going through a little bit through your head and then how that affects Maya and taking her over there? Yeah, so um, look, that's a little bit of a sad story. So um, it was my 30th birthday um, and we're, 
my family was away to celebrate. Uh, we were coming back from dinner and my father had a, a heart attack. Um, one minute he was there and then the next minute he was gone. Um, it was a, a huge shock for me. Um, and he'd been planning this, planning a, a caravanning trip around Australia um, for about 15 years. And he was 63 years of age at the time. He was two years off retirement. He'd always said when he retired, that's when he was going to do it. And he never got to do it. Um, and he, it was like his final lesson to me because for me up until that point in time, I'd always been planning about the future. I'd always been like, oh, yeah, down the track I'll do this and I'm, I'm saving and I'm investing and doing this and this and this. Uh, everything was about the future. And what happened with him highlighted to me that it's great to plan for the future but you've got to live for today as well because you never know when you're not going to get that. Um, so I'd been wanting to travel to Canada since I was 16 years old. I used to play play hockey and I'd always wanted to go skating on a frozen lake. Um, so I was like, well, I've got to do this. So I've got to make this happen. Um, and the problem was I had Maya and I was like, I can't leave her behind. Um, I, I'd feel terrible sort of leaving her for that period of time and and I'd chosen to to get her and bring her into my family as well. So she was my responsibility. Um, so I looked into it and sure enough, like you can actually take a dog overseas. I didn't realise it was possible um, and it's actually not that difficult in all honesty. Um, so... We, we jumped on Google and we did some research and we found a company called Jet Pets um, and they explained to us everything that was involved um, and then six months later uh, we were on a plane flying over to, to Canada. And how did you cope with the, the flight and, and afterwards? Yeah, so we, um, at that point in time, Air Canada... They weren't doing direct flights from Melbourne. They were doing direct flights to Canada from Sydney. So, uh, and and now they actually do direct flights from Melbourne, Sydney and Brisbane. Uh, so it's actually really convenient if you're going to head over there now. Um, but when we flew, we did a short flight from Melbourne to Sydney. And I'm not going to lie, when we got to, when I saw her in Sydney, she's pissed off with me. Uh, she, she didn't know what was going on. Um, and although I'd spent a lot of time making sure that she felt really, really comfortable in that crate, um, we did three months worth of crate training with that particular airline crate, um, leading up to it. I threw an old flannel shirt in there and, and a whole heap of other little things to make her feel safe and secure in that crate. She didn't know what was going on. And so she was pretty pretty peeved with me at that point in time. Um, and we got through that after about 15 minutes in the mm-hmm. park, throwing the ball. Um, but, yeah, she, she wasn't too happy on that point. Um, but then flying, and literally that was an hour flight, uh, and then flying from Melbourne, uh, from Sydney to Vancouver, she was good as gold. Um, she was super excited to see me on the other side. Um, and I put it down to the fact that the first flight, she didn't know whether I was coming back. She had no idea what was going on. But after that, 
she'd seen me at the other end um, and she knew everything was going to be okay. So I'm really glad that we were actually able to break up that flight um, because it meant that she wasn't stressing for that whole period of time. Um, but, uh, yeah, like it was probably one of the best decisions we've made, in all honesty. Do they have... Did that, sorry, did that answer the yeah, question? Yeah, yep, yep. And do they have like on, on that side any sort of uh, quarantine time? No. So um, because Australia is an island and we don't have rabies mm-hmm. here or, or realistically any of the diseases that sort of dogs have throughout the rest of the world, we're really lucky. Like I stepped off the, the plane and by the time I went through the, the customs and immigration in Canada, um, she was ready to go and jumping in the back of the car, and then we started our adventure. Oh, excellent. <laughs> so the first sort of like part of that that trip through Canada, a lot of the stuff yep. on trails and, and sort of like off-road, did you sort of notice any different on how sort of Maya was compared to the trails at home? Um, well, yes, yeah, so probably the first thing that she realised was different was when we went to Stanley Park, which is, kind of like the botanical gardens over in Canada, and she came across squirrels. <laughs> uh, she was very interested in squirrels. Uh, and it took me a long time to to teach her not to chase the squirrels, but she almost took my arm off when she first saw a squirrel. Uh, but, yeah, I was very proud of her. By the end of our trip in Canada, I could actually have her off leash walking by my side and, We'd see a squirrel and I'd say, leave it, and, and she'd just keep walking by my side. So I was pretty proud of her there, but mm. it was a big, it was here and, and, and there sort of thing. Um, and then, uh, so, yeah, that we started off in Vancouver in Canada and that was probably the first change. And then we from there we made our way up to Whistler. Um, and at that point in time, she learned things are definitely different because she had seen snow in Australia, um, but we're talking probably twenty centimeters of snow in Australia. Like we don't we don't get the deep stuff. No. Um, where she 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 started getting excited and jumping out of the car into the snow. Real snow. And it was like jumping into a pool. <laughs> <laughs> it was five foot deep, and she had to swim through it. And she's like, "How do I navigate this?" <laughs> Um, and, but again, she, she adapted and she learnt and, uh, by the end of our trip, she was absolutely flying through it. So she, she absolutely loves it. It's one of her favourite things. Mm-hmm. Do you ever have any, um, slight, say, misadventures, say, off lead on the trail where you sort of worried about her, that you'd pick up a scent from something or someone and... Um, no, look, not so much. Like, I'm generally... Generally pretty comfortable with her. Misadventures, uh, look, there was one time. So we spent six months, we based ourselves in a, a little town called Revelstoke in British Columbia, in central British Columbia. Um, it's got a population of 7,000. Um, and the house that we were living on backed onto a, a bit of a, a forest reserve. Um, and... Uh, one night about 3 a.m. she was bugging me that she wanted to go out to the toilet. So it was probably, I don't know, like negative 20 degrees outside. 
Um, so I'm putting on my jacket and I'm wandering out to the back door. I open the back door and uh, let her out to go to the toilet. And all of a sudden she takes off into the forest and she's barking and growling and I can hear her in the, the forest, but I can't see her. Um, and I'm like sort of, Maya, get back here sort of thing and sort of trying to put on boots and and uh, to go running into the forest after her. And I get to the back of the backyard and, and then I see her coming out of the forest and, uh, yeah, I was not very impressed with her at that point in time. Um, and then the next day I uh, went outside with her to, to let her go out to the toilet again and we saw these massive paw prints in the snow. Mm-hmm. And I think she might have chased a cougar. Ooh. <laughs> um, and I think the only reason why she survived was that the cougar was probably too shocked that something was chasing it. <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, and it must have gone up a tree. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. Sort of, but, yeah, that's probably the, uh, the only story I've got for her, her being a little silly in that regard. Uh, that's, yeah, one you could have done without. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. Regardless, she, she definitely, regardless of what she chased, she definitely got the, the heart rate going. <laughs> But I was a little stressed about it. Mm-hmm. Um, You're looking very proud of yourself, aren't you? <laughs> um, health-wise, in general, when travelling and particularly travelling outside of, of here or through the, the States, yeah, ever any sort of like issues where you're worried that you had to go and to seek veterinary advice or anything like that? We're actually really lucky when we're travelling. She, she didn't need to go to the vet once. Um, oh, excellent. <laughs> so, yeah, like she's had more vet experiences in Australia um, than, yeah, like uh, overseas in Canada at all. Mm-hmm. Um, she she obviously had some vet work done when we were coming back home. Um, and there's a bit of a process and you need to do some stuff for, for customs and quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, she she's all been fine, and we're really lucky in that regard. Oh, that's excellent. What about uh, food and her her diet? Does that vary a lot? Yeah, definitely. Um, so before we went overseas, uh, she'd had a she'd become really really sick, um, and she had diarrhea, wasn't eating, like a, a really upset tummy. Um, and the vet actually recommended that we go on Prime 100, um, and we put her on some, uh, chicken and rice with, it's a cooked roll, a single protein diet. Um, uh, and, and that really helped her out. Um, it's, it's, a very high quality food. They say it's a, a human grade food. Mm-hmm. Uh, it actually smells pretty good. I'll be honest <laughs> when I'm cutting it up. It, it makes me a bit hungry. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so she, she was definitely getting a, a premium diet over here. Um, when we went to Canada, uh, we wanted to keep it similar. Um, so we were feeding her a couple of different things. Um, but sadly the quality of food over there, even though we were feeding her a premium quality of food, 
Um, I would say it's still nothing compared to the, the quality of food that we get over here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, she, she definitely had a, a lot more waste uh, when we were travelling around. And that's one of the things coming back and putting her back on that diet um, has been really nice to, to be able to see um, just how much she's actually taking in as nutrients and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah, it was a little bit of a challenge, but we were really lucky sort of reaching out to different online communities over there and, and trying to find out what options were available mm-hmm. um, and getting those recommendations. Um, but, yeah, it was a little bit of a challenge. In the times where you're doing through uh, the different communities there, I'm guessing she got a lot of uh, invites for play dates and things like that with other dogs? She she did. Um, we met a lot of a lot of nice dogs and a lot of lovely people as well. And and that was probably one of the best things about uh, traveling around and and sharing things on social media as well was the people that we got to meet. Mm-hmm. Um, and we found out about a, a lot of things uh, that we probably would have never found out about had we not been out going off and, and meeting those people. Okay. She uh, get any sort of like slightly longer best friends or anything like that? Um, oh, I think uh, her and Scout, the Golden Retriever, got a, a little bit of a secret romance going on. <laughs> um, so where did that happen? But, uh, we've definitely got plenty of people that we've stayed in touch with. Mm-hmm. So, so where did that where did that happen? Where did she hang out with Scout? Uh, so Scout, if you don't know, uh, check him out on Instagram, Scout the Golden Retriever. Um, he's a, a therapy dog. He's beautiful. He gives away free hugs. Mm. He, he'd come up nice. and he's put his paws on me and, and given me the, the best of cuddles. Um, and I just find he, he's very in touch with people's emotions and so is she. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I'm, if I'm upset, she, the first thing she's doing is coming and sticking her out head under my arm and and uh, trying to reassure me and be there for me. Um, and uh, Scout's exactly the same. He, he just wants to be there and look after people. And um, it's amazing how uh, therapeutic and, and caring they are. Oh, absolutely. So has Maya got any uh, favourite games? She absolutely loves playing fetch and, uh, and a frisbee. So... Throwing the ball or throwing the frisbee, they're probably her two favourite things. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we're in the snow, throwing snowballs. <laughs> and it's it's crazy because she's been going the snow, for, she's eight years old now, she's been going the snow for at least six years. doesn't matter how many times I throw a snowball and it splatters all over the ground, she still goes digging looking for it. Did <laughs> <laughs> you ever get to catch any? No, oh, actually, she has. She's definitely caught a couple in her mouth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Ever had any issues with her paws through the time that you guys were like traveling over around the place? So no, you'd, especially yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of off road and on road, I suppose, walking. Yeah. Look, we we haven't really had dramas with them. Um, she she tore a claw recently playing fetch, um, and that was a, a little bit of a drama over here in Australia. Um, but as far as like going off and being on adventures, uh, we just kind of planned a little bit ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So when we first started going in the snow um, overseas, I, I knew it was going to be a lot colder. So I, I went off and bought some little snow booties for her. Um, she she wasn't really a huge fan of those snow booties, <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, they, they were great quality, and, and if people ever are interested in uh, getting a, a pair, they're made from rough wear. Um, but I, I don't, for a dog like her, uh, they don't actually really need them. And um, I, I ended up speaking to uh, the, the guy who runs um, the, the sled dog tours over at Big White, actually. He, he educated me mm-hmm. and he sent me a whole heap of research that shows that some dogs are completely comfortable um, running in conditions of negative thought, ne- negative thirty-five degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, she she uh, she got down to negative forty, and she had absolute no issues whatsoever. Oh, good. Um, so the first winter that we had over there, um, she occasionally had the booties on, um, probably more so uh, than the second. The second winter, we just used mushers wax, yep. um, which we use. We put on her paws to to protect the, them from drying out and cracking. Yeah, oh, um, nice. And yeah, uh, we try and trim the the fur in between her paws as well, her paw pads, mm-hmm. because quite often the snow would build up, um, and that'll get quite difficult, uh, uncomfortable for her. So if you keep that snow, uh, the fur there sort of trimmed so it doesn't actually allow for the snowball to build. Yep. Um, yeah, that, that was really helpful for her. And then the other big one was the, the polar opposite, um, was heading to places like Las Vegas and the Grand Canyon and... Mm-hmm. Um, preempted yeah, my next like question. Really those sub- What's that? You preempted my next question. I was going to say, how did you go down okay. the opposite? Because I know you went down towards, you went down into Mexico as well, didn't you? Yeah, we did. Um, Mexico, amazingly enough, like where we were, wasn't that hot. Like it was warm, mm-hmm. but I think it was mid to high 20s. Um, but places like Nevada and Arizona and southern Utah, like they, they were really, really hot. Like mm-hmm. they were high 40s. Oh, mm-hmm. mid, sorry, like 40, low, low to mid 40s. Um, and like we're in, I remember being in Vegas and like the concrete was like 30 degrees at night. Mm. Um, so I remember, uh, one time we, we went on a hike in, uh, Yosemite National Park and this person, person had a staffy and the poor staffy was limping everywhere because it had scorched all its paw prints, uh, paws. Um, and burnt all the paw pads, mm, just on the- and she was completely fine because we had these uh, little Gore-Tex hiking boots for her. Um, and although she hated the the snow ones because I think they went up higher, she didn't mind the the um, the summer ones that we had, and I still have them now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just they were really a lifesaver for her because it just meant that she could go anywhere with us 
uh, with any temperature and I didn't have to worry about her burning those paw pads. I was going to say there wouldn't be too many dogs that are, have it like a, an 80 degree, like plus 40 to minus 40 experience. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite interesting over there. But in saying that as well, um, yeah, like North America, they definitely experience that and the dogs are quite adaptable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing how much evolution has actually uh set them up to to be able to to live and cope and thrive in these conditions and which end of the spectrum do you think maya prefers oh she definitely prefers the cold <laughs> she, she definitely prefers that um yeah she when it, when it's super hot she's glad to be with us and all that sort of stuff um but she's not quite as energetic as what she is and I still remember that day where it was negative 40 degrees and I'm I'm letting her out to go to the toilet and I'm just like, Maya, like seriously, hurry up. <laughs> and she's just rolling around in the snow and, and I'm feeling the, the icy cold air go into my lungs every time I breathe in. And she's just rolling around playing in it. <laughs> uh, oh, so I guess seeing life back in Melbourne is fairly sedate compared to the, the travelling that you did. Do you think Maya's sort of longing to still go somewhere now or because she's a little bit older, she's a little bit more happier to just chill out with you and relax a bit more? Um, look, yeah, I think she's she's still pretty chilled. Um, and I actually noticed that when we were travelling over there, um, that she was so, so chilled and, People were like, how, how is your dog so calm? She's actually probably a little bit more excitable these days uh, back in Melbourne because over there she was included in pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. So nothing was exciting. Walking through a shopping centre, walking through a hotel, um, going off to the beach, going, going through parks and all that sort of stuff, she was doing it on a daily basis. Um, so it wasn't like, oh my God, like I've got all this stimulation and I need to be super excited now. Um, because she was getting exposed to it on such a regular basis, it was just normal for her. Uh, we're coming back to, to, to Melbourne, uh, and and we are still planning trips and, and trying to, to get them to, to happen. But sadly COVID is, is working against us at this point in time. Uh, but in the meantime, when it means that we we can go for a, a, a walk or a hike, uh, she definitely gets that little bit more excitable because it's like, oh, my God, we're doing something crazy today. Sort of where, yeah, previously that was on a daily basis where, where now we're, we're sort of in that holding pattern waiting for that next adventure. Mm. Um, but, yeah. A question I ask everyone is to complete this sentence. I can't believe my dog ate her own poop. <laughs> oh, her own poop. Now, okay, that's a slight twist on it. I've had that quite a few times, but I think that's the no, first. No, um, in, in all honesty, I'm quite lucky. She doesn't do that. that that's uh, that's my mother's dog. Um, <laughs> you can't believe I can't believe my dog ate. Oh, you stumped me here. Um, now she's looking at you. <laughs> yeah, what have you eaten that you shouldn't have eaten? 
you don't really eat stuff that you shouldn't eat. It's it's more rolling and smelly, disgusting stuff. <laughs> well, that's, that's actually a, a good thing that she hasn't eaten anything that she's not supposed not supposed to have eaten. <laughs> yeah, she's um, she's definitely good in that regard. Um, actually, the one time that she's been naughty, and I trust trust her with with steaks and everything, but there was one time I had a fillet of salmon on my plate and I left the the plate in the lounge room and I was about to eat it and I went off and grabbed myself a drink and I came back and I can't believe she ate the salmon. (laughs) She has good taste. Yes, yeah, you you look at a wave sort of, no, that wasn't me, but no, it was definitely you. A preference for any type of treats? Uh, she's definitely fussy. Oh, I'm not going to lie. She's lived a good life. Um, so she's got two favourite types of treats at the moment. Um, so the first one are her, her greenies. Um, mm-hmm. She really loves the toothbrushes. And then the second ones are the, the Prime 100 um little dried treats and they're available in pet stock and coals um, and they're just uh, dried out, dehydrated, uh, either steak or, or chicken, uh, kangaroo um, and, yeah, they're, they're definitely high value for her. She Her mouth just waters when she's sniffing them and, <laughs> and yeah. It was actually really embarrassing. We'd turn up to, to a pet shop over in America and, and they go, oh, can we give your dog a treat? But like, oh, yeah, sure. And they get, pull out like this milk boat and she'd sniff at it and then she'd just walk away. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry, she's at the good stuff. <laughs> nice. And deservedly so. She's too fussy. <laughs> yeah. She's a little bit of a, a princess sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I suppose, like, should I, do you brush your teeth apart from the, the greenies? The, do I brush her teeth? No, I don't. Um, something we might do uh, going further on down the track. Um, I'll be honest, last year was the first time we actually got her teeth clean. Um, they were starting to to get a, a little yellow, um, a bit of tartar building up. And I was, I was speaking to our vet and she said, oh, look, if you're interested, we're we're doing a, a special uh, on cleaning dogs' teeth. Um, and she explained to me what was involved and, and why it's beneficial. Um, and she was saying, look, we generally recommend to do it annually and and uh, depending on the dog because obviously there's certain dogs who have got different uh, conditions that, that uh, it's probably not a good idea to do it annually with. Um, but, uh, yeah, so... We, we did it and I was actually really lucky. They allowed me to, to sit in on the procedure mm-hmm. um, and they were explaining to me everything that they were doing and, and showing me the difference uh, as they were cleaning it. And I was like, whoa, like, yeah, I, I had no idea how much it had actually built up the tartar over that period of time. But we're really lucky. Like she's got pretty good teeth at this point in time and we just keep, keep giving her dental treats and bones and, and looking after them, but um, yeah, down the track we we definitely might look at uh, doing that. Uh, I don't know how she'll go. <laughs> yeah, no, excellent. 
I'd like to thank you both very, very much for taking the time out and, and having a chat. Uh, you're welcome. Thanks for including it. I know you guys have got uh, a special sort of thing coming up where you're going on the big screen. Do you want to give a, a yes. shout out for that? Yeah, so if you're interested in uh, learning a little bit more about mine and Maya's story, uh, you can check out the, the Top Dog Film Festival. Um, if you don't know, it's a, a film festival that's travelling around the world. Uh, they've got screenings in, in uh, Sydney, Brisbane, Newcastle, Darwin, Perth, Adelaide. Um, hopefully they'll get down to, to Melbourne if COVID settles down um, and, and at some point in, in Hobart as well. Um, and then going uh, on a bit of a tour throughout the rest of the world. Uh, so, yeah, there's a, a nice short film about Maya and me and, and our travels together. And for those people that don't know where to find more information on you and Maya, where should they look? Yeah, uh, so Mark and Maya's Adventures on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, we've even got our, our own website, nopaulgetsleftbehind.com.au. Um, and, yeah, we try and do our best to share pet-friendly travel tips uh, for all the different places that we've been. Oh, that's excellent. We need definitely need more of that. Oh, I'm glad it can be a help. Hopefully it inspires some more people. Cannot help but not be inspired by what you guys have done. And, again, oh, thank I'm, you. I'm ecstatic for, for you being able to take the time out and having a chat with us here. Oh, sounds great. Thank, thanks for having us. Thank you very much again. Take care and look after yourselves during the during the COVID time. Have a good one. Do you want Take to say goodbye? Can you talk? Fuck. Yeah, she's she's all lost for words. <laughs> yeah. Have a good one. Thanks very much again. Take care. See ya. Thank you very much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the show. If you did, why not share it with someone? Until next week, stay safe and remember. Your dog is family.